All right, what is up, everybody? We are back at it again. Yes, sir. It's been a little bit of a break. Audio ecstasy. We've returned. We're back in it. Today, very special episode. We've been building up to this one for a minute. I'm going to do just some some expositional stuff here, bring people back. A couple months ago on the program, controversially, Dylan made a statement that we've been getting just overload of emails about. It's still shaking Danny to his core to this day. It, it's it's on a personal level. Why don't you wait till I'm done talking? I've, you're already on. You're on thin ice today as is, mister. I'm sinking through, baby. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, Dylan on the show, for our close listeners out there, all of you, <laughs> might remember Dylan said that The Strokes Is This It is not a perfect album. I think you gave it an 8 out of 10, I want to say. I put <laughs> was, you on spot. It, it was like an 8-8, eight, eight, but I think is this it? Like an 8.0 is probably a little bit closer to where we're at. Okay, so he said some bullshit stuff. And then for months after, we've known that the 10-year anniversary of the album's coming up. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, It's different in different countries because the Strokes were a very global band. They were putting it out in oh, yeah, different labels. And, anyways, but it's right around now. Right around now. 2021, 10 years later. We're going to be talking about the legacy of the album. But we're also going to be mainly debating the fact that Dylan thinks the Strokes are slightly overrated. Is that fair to say? No, I actually don't. Well, All right. <sighs> it's a, this is a long conversation. We can't just kind of yeah. do this in the intro. But like, yeah, I mean, yes and no in certain ways. It depends on overrated how. But uh, yeah, that, that is all right. My argument basically is just that, you know, the strokes are not the most exciting or interesting or uh, compelling thing necessarily happening uh, in uh, New York at that time. But, you know, it's, uh, there's obviously a lot more to that. So you, there was something you wanted to bring to our attention, though. We should have done this in like a trial format yeah, where you had like an right. opening statement as the lawyer yeah, defending. That really, I mean, we, we teased that format a little bit, but that certainly would have been the best way to approach it. Then that. Breath I mean, could have been judge. Yeah. We also, we've got a guest with us today on my side, on the side of truth, the side of justice, the side of good, fighting against evil. We got Matt Ward in the building, third time on the pod, right? Is it fourth time now, honestly? I've lost count. I like that. I yeah, like that. I like that, too. I want to say third, but the fact that I'm not sure is That's great. an official friend like, of the pod right there. Oh, no. He's been a friend. I mean, he's um, like he is our like external ambassador of sorts. Ex- he, of, of, he is like, he's the one person like that you know has been on here more than once. So that, that's a special rarefied status. Matt, you're, you're a middle school teacher. Are you pushing this shit to your kids? The Strokes? No, well, The Strokes, sure, but also Audio Ecstasy. Are you getting the pot out there? Are you doing what you can to make sure that the empire expands? No, because I'm not sure it's super appropriate for seventh graders. That is a very fair, right, fair point. Yeah, that's I fair. Would no, never I, argue that. You know, what? you know, but you should be somebody here that's going to be debating. But do they know that I do it? Yeah. Do they like know that. what it's called? No. Okay. They know that you do it. They that, know is, that. that is awesome. The I kids really know he's out here doing it. He's a regular guest on some podcasts, but I hope that you're turning on the strokes though, because you know we've seen bands like Nirvana have a huge resurgence, and you know a lot of people coming of age right As now. It, there's and like, a girl in my class who loves wearing her Nirvana. Oh yeah, shirt. Nirvana yeah. are huge with Zoomer. So I mean, you know, it's it's an important thing to kind of show them the passing of the torch thing as far as like zeitgeist up and coming bands. I mean, the Strokes are very very important, and I don't think they have that huge push that Nirvana has at this moment with the same generation. MCR right. just got Might brought up today. We had a decent mm. conversation about My Chemical, Chemical Romance. Romance and how their first two albums are the only good ones worth listening to. You don't, you don't oh. ride for... Uh, Black, Black Parade, Parade no, at all? Really? No. I feel like I thought the a lot of hardcore one, fans still. Yeah. Well, they, it's that a, was when I was, the flag for that. That was when I was thing. first introduced to them, but like I pretty quickly realized that it was like a little too theatrical, Panic at the Disco y type. A little you know? too arty and tasteful yeah. and better production, better melodies. I yeah, mean, you didn't, got, you got didn't the I like the all way better songwriting. Way better songwriting. I like that. We're already getting this. I mean, they are way better songwriting. Way better songwriting. It's a little one dimensional. 
I just finally Joe Azuz is a big MCL so is, fan. Uh, oh, I went to the parade and I wore a like, like conductor a, the, outfit. The ecstasy whatever and sadness called. of life and death. I mean, there's a, more to it than I think with a lot of the yearly. But ones. that's but not that's what a, this podcast yeah, is about. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. We're off the rails already. I love it. I do. Big energy. All the stuff that we're talking about, I do like. But yeah, I mean, of course, I'm going to talk about, you know, the strokes not being as exciting or these two, the first two MCR records being, you know, one of them compared to Black Parade. But this is all stuff that I enjoy and I'm not trying to be a hater. You're going to be standing up for some more underground kind of noisy stuff. You're going to be. Some do, stuff that's just I doing mean, your the shit that you always do. This, this the stuff bullshit. is all celebrated. It's just not necessarily as you know well known or renowned. Necessarily, like just whatever you know. And there are reasons. There, like, there well, are reasons for that. Don't you back up off the mic, Julian Casablancas? Jesus Christ! <laughs> I love did you it. Hear though. the distortion on this kid? Are you oh, fucking yeah. kidding me right, right now? I love it. He's playing Julian's only trick right there. Just like <laughs> this is what he's good for. And this no. Um, so. I do want to hear. Oh, okay. We got. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I turned Matt down. We got so fun. Thank you for that. We yeah. need to do much more for the listeners. The context is so Yeah. yeah. What were you going to ask, though? You had yeah, I, had, I have an intro question because yeah. it's going to tie into the main topic. I'll just give away my answer off the gate. So the question I have is I was just curious for you guys what you think the album in your life that you've listened to the most is. Because I realized the other day I've been doing my prep work mm-hmm. and. I, I cannot, besides maybe B-1000, is this it I have listened to since, Matt, I mean, you can attest to it, since like junior of high school, and I've never, there's never been a time in my life where I like thought I was too cool for it or thought it didn't sound good. It, there's not, it's not like an album that's tied to a season. Like, I, I can put on Is This It like once a week, and I'm stoked yeah. on it. Um, is, is This It, you said you could put that on, basically? Okay, yeah. I, yeah. I, um, what the fuck was I going to say? Honestly, I really feel like there hasn't been any records like as of late that I would say like, Oh, these are, you know, just whatever. But like, if I really would be honest about it, it would probably be like Siamese dream or like just something from high school. I mean, that, that is one of those that like, was just kind of always in constant rotation since I got into it. Like, and my you still, year, so like, you still pop that on like once that, a year at least. Yeah, at least once a year for sure. So like that, that's what it would probably have to be. I mean, I can't think of that many records before like college that I was even like. I thought it should be an Anko. In my head, I was gonna try to guess yours. I thought maybe like feels. Well, the thing is, I thought a person pitch. I was like, that's another one too. That's okay. like way up there. But like, yeah, I mean, all that stuff too. I didn't really get into until at some point in college, and like, it's still like. With all the stuff in college, there was so much that I was discovering, listening to regularly, that it's not stuff that, like, was just, you know, whatever. Like, I would have listened to necessarily that much, like, in a row, but I think Simon's Dream definitely fits that bell. That was at a time where I wasn't listening to nearly as much stuff, and it just, you know, it's still that kind of thing where, like, I don't, never thought I was too cool for it. I've always been impressed by, you know, a lot of aspects about it, but what were you going to say, man? As it, for me, I can think of three specific things, and it's interesting that I forget what you said for yours. This is set. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And, or B thousand. B thousand was. I mean, yeah, yeah I remember B thousand. Uh, for me, it would definitely have to be the ones that I had on CD, like right away when I was mm-hmm. like seventh or eighth grade. Blood sugar. Uh, blood sugar, and then from under the cork tree, right? It would probably oh. be a tie between those two, just because like listening to them so early and then sticking with them, like they still appeal to me today. Right. So I'm still listening to right. them today. We're seeing next um, summer. We're seeing Strokes and Red Hot Chili Peppers in concert in insane. August, Comerica Park, baby. That is very tight. Yeah. I will say. Peppers, you know, I've seen them before, but I've never gotten a chance to see the strokes. Are, do we think that they're going to come out at the end and do a group jam? And if so, <laughs> how bad? That would be so bad. I hope not. So I, garbage. I hope that for you so much. Oh, man. Come out and sing a Bob Dylan song or something. Oh. Just like the lamest. Oh. <laughs> knock, knock, knock. <laughs> 
right. But also before, right, so before we get into our main topic, like I said, it off the get here. It's been a minute since we've done this. There's a bunch of news floating around. There's a bunch of shit that's been happening in the I world. I know. I think about this a lot too. With like when I want to like recommend albums or whatever, it's like it is. Like I'm going to be recommending some albums at the end of this, but the last time I did this was a while ago, and there's just so much that I feel like I want to talk about, and yeah. so much that like we really just haven't because this is just such obviously an excuse to get into a lot of this stuff that it just doesn't come up yeah. all that often. So like the obvious thing like for me is just like that Animal Collective single I thought was great. I'm Prester John, which Prester. they played at Pitchfork when we saw yes. them, right? That I was, was like say, the first or second song. Yeah, I think. Nick was texting me about this earlier, and like I very distinctly remember like Deacon having a brief like solo vocal like motif or whatever, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and, when like, he does that, do dum the loaf. Yeah, part, right? yeah. Was, like, the three-part harmonies with uh, Panda, Avian and him, and I was like, uh-huh. so like that I definitely remember from the show, and I was like, oh yeah, no, that that like stood out for sure as like one of those I didn't recognize at the time, but really enjoyed, and uh, yeah, I it's just I'm so I really really like it quite a bit. It's exactly like you know much closer to the kind of thing that I you know wanted from the Rose Craving or whatever. But what did you, you get the vibe? The vibe I keep getting from the song is it sounds to me like. I don't know how to phrase it. it. Them either them doing Fleet Foxes or Fleet Foxes doing them. Where there's something about mm. like it feels like if Robin Pecknold wrote them a song and then like you had AV and Panda. Well, Did you get any of that vibe from it? That just to me feels just straight Panda. But like the Fleet Foxes thing, I mean, I can definitely hear that too. With with that song, this song in particular, I'm pretty sure it's like an AV and a Panda song sort of just combined together. So like the vocal melodies for sure. I I have to imagine like we're written by Panda Bear, at least like that was part of like what he was bringing to it but like yeah I mean I think that that's a fair comparison let me say this too I mean we've it's been a month since we've gotten to talk I want to keep this mainly about us right now but sure. quickly Matt quickly do you fuck with Animal Collective I don't need a full yeah, just yes, yes. okay that's enough yes. back to Dylan and me good here deal. we are look at me brother love it feels good to be right back here huh it feels so so good man I've you know it's been it'll be six years when this next one drops and like I just, uh, God, I've been, I've wanted so badly and I've really just missed, yeah. That's them. crazy since like Floridada and what Painting yeah, With. Yeah, Painting With, because they, they've released a couple EPs since, but it's all been like, yeah, just a lot more sparser and subdued. Like this obviously is much more just, you know, uh, space or whatever, like a, a lot, like, you know, more subdued than some of the stuff I'm painting with, but like this still feels really, not necessarily as slight as some of the stuff in the years since that. And mm-hmm. like I just, I, I, I'm very excited about it, but. Um, so, so if that's yeah. your biggest one, my biggest one has been in the last week, the new War on Drugs record coming out. Yeah, as far as, yeah, no, new music. New so, music I that say, I'm most excited about. Oh, yeah. my God, I'm over the moon about this shit right yeah, now. Yeah, I really, so um, not this past Friday, because that's when it dropped, but the Friday before that, there's a lot of records that came out, and I'm still kind of working through some stuff that from that week. But the War on Drugs record, it really, I mean, they're all so good, and this is no exception. I mean, I really just, like, the production is incredible, and, like, just, I mean, what he's able to conjure. It, it Obviously, it's the kind of thing where, you know, like, all those records, it feels so indebted to, you know, a lot of very obvious things, but there's nobody that synthesizes those influences quite like him. Yeah. And, like, I mean, with this one, you, you know, it definitely, this felt, I guess, more drawn out and a little, you know, not quite as in your face, maybe, as a deeper understanding. I mean, this is, I think, a little bit more subdued in a lot of ways, but, like, there's some really, I mean, it's it just it's a great record. Yeah, it's just like I'm trying to think about like what with this one feels all that different. Like, well, I think this. The, bo- I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I think the critical narrative that's been around it, mm-hmm. it, it I fully agree with where it's this thing of like, it's less noisy, it's mm-hmm. less spacey than the other stuff that it's been like they've been refining this one sound. There's been no yeah. left turn ever in their career. It's just always been like making this one sound more and more refined, and this mm-hmm. time it's just really like. It's, this is the clearest sounding record I've ever heard. Yeah. Everything feels so high def and I think like that's definitely true, yeah. Detailed, but also it's like 
Yeah, it's just like a little cleaner than before where there's like not as many maybe like big instrumental passages. It's kind of all like trimmed down. and Yeah, there are still I, solos, but it's not, there's not quite as much happening. It's yeah. not quite as rough around the edges. And I, mean, I think that's very fair to say. I think the title track on it is the best War on Drugs song to date. Oh, yeah? Oh, my God. I was mm-hmm. on the treadmill today to that bad boy. I was feeling it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's great. I really, again, I probably think I heard it maybe twice all the way through or so, but I really enjoyed it. And it's definitely something that I know I'm going to be going back to quite a bit. I, I mean, he, they're great live. They're just, I mean, really, honestly, it was still one of the most exciting bands going yep. today for sure. I mean, I just like, yeah, I, I you know, really uh, admire every aspect of his craft. And I, yeah, it's good shit. I'm glad that you're really into this record. Would you say it's like a top fiver for you this year? Yeah, I was actually thinking about it today that, and I mean, I know we're only a month away from and maybe I shouldn't I, be revealing it, but right, I think I was, right now yeah. that might be my number one guy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because yeah. I got to be honest, I, even though... Because it, it is so soon, so it's easy. Obviously, you're so enamored with it. Um, yeah. Way, but I'm just, I'm still, yeah, I want to know just I, how deep this is running. I'm right loving it. I mean, I, I just got into them, too, like, since we started doing the pod in the last year. So it's That also, is wild. So it was, because we're coming up on a year now. Yeah. This month, last year. So that was really right when, like, around... About a year ago, I think, was when huh. I first started listening to Lost in the Dream and a uh, deeper I, understanding. Man, and, I knew that you were into those at the time. I did not re- I don't, whatever. We probably haven't talked about this, but that's awesome. Yeah. Oh man, good shit. Only Matt. other piece of news I wanted to. Oh yeah, Matt. Oh, I was gonna say, where do you stand on the war on drugs? Because they're also like, you know, these are all bands that we really haven't talked about much. Like, you know, yes or no, same sort of thing. Do you fuck with them? Have you listened to much? I mean, not. I haven't listened to them much at all. I would say, I very Springsteen. You'd like it. Eighties Heartland, kind of. No, no. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. No, I, 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 I totally forgot. Yeah. No, I mean, it's probably not your bag, but I'm still. I would be. I'm well, sure you'd like it. More I mean, than describe their sound to me. They don't sound like Bruce Springsteen's voice. I do, think it's not they? like no, no, de- definitely not. You know, like then it's probably fine. It's like the sounds of like <laughs> like all of the '70s rockers. The '70s like country rock guys when the '80s came along and like synths became part yeah. of the sound and like synth drums. It's yeah. like imagine you took that, but then also imagine you made like. 10 minute big spacious songs with like crowd, like uh, crowd like, rock landscape like soundscape Levan passages. Did to disco when it's basically like came out. Very yeah, yeah I, I guess. Yeah. I, Brian Wilson sort of like pocket symphonies, but with, yeah. with the sound kind of sound palette of what Danny was speaking to. I mean, they're just really rich, massive, taking you know, yeah, and just compositions that yeah, drop so, a lot. That's really, I mean, they're really, If it really doesn't have produced. Bruce Springsteen's voice in it, I didn't it realize that that also is just like the big, you like, know, the, is the, that the major like a thing good, Is that a good comparison? Springsteen? Or? Musically to Bruce? I, I mean, I think that is one of the, like, the names that get brought up most, I feel like, are Springsteen. The way he sings is more like Dylan. Yeah. Like, like oh, we wow. were lost in Devon now. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely not like very. I was running through the lanes. He's not pushing against the limits of his register nearly as much as Dylan will. But like, I do think he he definitely sings in a similar. I thought I saw a memory. Yeah. Yeah, don't love that. Song. Running through the night. <laughs> but musically, it sounds like I'd like it. Yeah, it's great. Stuff. I think it's cool. Yeah. It's like very big and expansive. Um, the other the last piece of uh, news. Give me some contemporaries that you could compare them to. Kurt Vile was in the band. Uh, you know, the funny comparison that I heard that I never realized is sort of true is that it is sort of similar to like the Killers in a way. Well, I was going to say the last two Killers records for sure are like very much just that like, like drugs. You know, I mean, do you, I was thinking about this the other day too when I was listening to the Killers because you do like the Killers, right? I like the Killers. Do you quite hear a bit. the Springsteen influence on the Killers, how big it is though? Or, and do you just like <laughs> that's a bit of a stretch no not no. in the slightest no to say how no big it is yeah on the corner of main street I've got to trying to keep it Springsteen is a huge influence on the killers I yeah I, mean, I, I, I always have described the killers as literally being if you put the strokes and Bruce Springsteen together <laughs> and made them fucking you would end up with like 
this like the Springsteen style lyrics, but then like the baby girl, you. So you mean lyrically more than any sound? Lyrically, very much lyrically. I also think there's that Springsteen anthemic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. God, they have a song together. Yeah. Yes. That's great. A Dustland yeah. fairy tale. Is that what? That's too on the nose. That's <laughs> fucked up. I wouldn't have let that pass if I were yeah, working on that. Yeah, are you sure the algorithm is just like could, spewing out? If like, I could have any say there, that would have. That's that's garbage. That's like this. Like that's actually this would be a cool move. That's like the Chili Peppers okay, put out yeah, an album no, called California huge, Funks. Flowers. California of, Funky Street. I mean, that's flowers, like. I mean, really. Like. Flowers said of Springsteen, he's living, breathing American royalty. So yeah. I love it. I love that too. Especially his solo work is very Springsteen too. The album's called Lonely Town, which is like Springsteen had an album called oh Lucky God. Town. Okay, that this makes is still sense. Like, <laughs> that Springsteen makes algorithm. Like, all right, this it's like cool. Springsteen cosplay. Yeah, it's just, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But even the, the typeface was like to a T. Like, so I do think like the biggest news. This is something that we both knew about as well. But just to hear it though, like the pavement tour days. Okay, like, we're on was, the same page. I was hoping yeah, you were no, going to say course. that was the biggest. How could I? Like, look. Woo! look Billy Eilish is on Sesame Street. Boy Genius are playing mm-hmm. shows again. We yep. got a new Amina record. This stuff is all exciting, but like pavement tour dates are like that's just like, whoo, fucking, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're Brian boys. Because what they did in 2011, they did the the Matador, whatever the anniversary was, but that was just like a two show thing, I think, or maybe mm-hmm. even just one show. And they had some European dates, I believe. Yeah, but well, but this but, is the first time they're gonna be playing uh, like Detroit since like Terror Twilight. They're doing it at the yeah. Masonic Cathedral Theater. Yes, yes, that's right. I want to say that's yeah. is that where we saw Fleet Foxes or no? Was that not the cathedral side? Or maybe I've never seen a show. Oh, in the so cathedral that section. is a very interesting. You, point you were there too, Dylan. Yes, yes. Masonic was at the uh, Masonic Temple. That but was at I, the temple. That wasn't the. Were you there when we went on the tour? Of the behind no, the scenes Masonic. No, I, I ate sweet water with you that day though. I remember uh, hearing about that. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, I that. got to go on like a behind the scenes tour of it where the Masonic members like take you on the tour and just like talk about all sorts of stuff. And the cathedral is like uh it's like a small like theater, but it's like very tiny, very intimate. So that'll be Yeah, cool. that's sweet. Man, I'm so Friday tickets ready. until Friday. That's I gotta exactly right. I gotta find a way to get that figured out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, do we want to? Are we going to do this thing? Yeah. We're going to get into this shit. We may as well just get into the main. You know, there's a lot of housekeeping that we could jump into, but like, let's fucking go. I think we've been waiting. This is one of those episodes that we've been teasing, like you said. Yeah. Wow. There's a handful of these. This is one of them. I think the last. Very excited. Well, there's two big ones. The other two big ones would be what when we do the ten year on hip hop, and then when we finally have the Springsteen showdown. That's kind of been teased a little bit. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought there might have been some other one, but that that sounds right because we have at least brought that up once, and like the hip hop thing has just been talked about endlessly. But yeah, yeah, I mean that's uh yeah. So, um, where are all the histories with the Strokes? Where are you guys coming from with that? I know you got into them. I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah, because we can tell them. Matt, are you cool with telling that story on air? Your classic Stroke uh, story dates back to junior year of high school. Yeah, we 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 both got into them in high school. Yeah, right. And, uh, I, you know, I, well, can I okay. tell from my perspective? Go ahead. Okay. Let me see if I can fill in any missing parts or something. Yeah. This was, <laughs> uh, at Tom Snyder's house in high Tom school. Tom the Bomb. Tom the Bomb Snyder, uh, about senior year, junior year, we were partying. It was junior and year. My exact memory of it is, I, as everyone knows, I've known Matt my whole life. Like, it was literally in the room I when I was there. born. I was there born. the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> this no. was the first time I ever saw Matt drunk. Like drinking and shout out Josh Shaver for playing quarters with me for the first time ever. That was great. 
<laughs> I just remember seeing, I remember turning around from the computer, I was picking a song, and I see Jack Snyder, Tom's brother, carrying Matt. Matt is fully horizontal. That never happened. Yes, this 100% happened. No. This is exactly why I asked you for... L- Lewis is the guy that took care of me. Nobody well, someone carried you. Yes, you were it horizontal. Was, it was a group of people. You agreed to let me tell my side of the it story. It was a group of people. The point is, as and Matt I was horizontal, he said, you. he said... I love the strokes. And no, <laughs> no, dude, dude, hanging yeah. on for dear life, Stop. barely able to utter Stop. anything. That oh, is I my memory. I'm strokes. just saying that All is my right. exact memory. Right. Ships going let down. Me, I love the me, strokes. Let me fix That's your. Awesome. Let me fix your brain for you real quick, okay? I'm the one who was more sober. I feel like I got a good hand. That on was this. later on. Okay, the carrying, which didn't even happen. How you remember it happening? Uh, okay. We can edit this part out. It's all good. Uh, I'm glad you didn't show the kids this at school. (laughs) This is for the best. So what happened was, before all that other shit, there was a ping pong table behind the couch. Yeah. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Right. So I was in between the couch and the ping pong table. And as I was, I like tripped and fell and hit my head pretty hard. And as I tripped and fall, or maybe after I got up, it had to do somewhere around the tripping and falling. I think I got up, and the strokes were playing, and I just was, I was all right. And I just said, I fucking love, love the, the strokes. strokes. <laughs> Actually, that does feel accurate, too. I think I conflated the two memories. But Thank you. Because <laughs> we were all like, are you okay, man? And then it was like, I fucking love the strokes. He's back. I remember listening to the Strokes the first time. Uh, it was on, honestly the Guitar Hero 3 soundtrack, Reptilla was on it. And mm. I just was like, oh, this is neat. And I don't think I really had any kind of relationship with them really until probably college. Like, I was aware of like Angles dropping in, or Angles, whatever the fuck it's called. Angles, like, yeah. Angles. In, in 2011. Um, I think that's when it came out. But yep. I, I um, yeah, it probably wouldn't have been until college until I really kind of made the rounds with the records. Right, and like, what question yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. At the time that, like, Is This It was out, like, in high school, were you into the other contemporary bands from New York that you, like, That you, you're going to be standing up for now? And no, you this was all had college. dismissed the Strokes? This, or no, you no, hadn't no. heard of them until no, college as well? No, look, I'm not going to... As much as I can, I don't want to be dismissive of the Strokes, because I yeah. do enjoy them. Right. And I think most of the records are bad. I'm but, just trying to get a fuller picture of, like, when you yeah, started the, all this and stuff what really, else you were listening to before. Type I of a, think a couple... Well, Animal Collective for sure happened in college, and I started to get into Black Dice in college. I don't think Gang Gang Dance happened until a little bit after college, but... Um, Did you, that's Gavin Gavin, you said? No, Gang Gang, Gang Dance. Gang, oh. Dance Gavin Dance is a band that gets... Uh, is similar sounding, but it is not Gang Gang Dance. Okay, I've never heard of Gang Gang Dance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the rest of them, I mean, really would have been like a little bit after, but yeah, no, I mean, I look, I like those ever since I first heard them. I mean, they're, those are undeniable records, obviously both is this it and room on fire. And this is another thing I want to ask too. Were you guys as far as both of those? Because I do think, I mean, room on fire is the better record. I think that's the best. I think they're even out. for me. They're pretty close. I mean, I, I don't think um, it's like a very like obvious, like just one's way better. I think is this it is a really strong kind of debut and blueprint and uh Ramon Pryor just kind of refines everything and you whatever know, I, like it, it definitely aligns with my musical taste for other bands too taught, like going back to MCR like the first the first albums where their sounds not as like concrete it's more raw mm-hmm. they're not as good at what they do like the potential the kind of like not angst but like there's a sort of like pressure that's the wrong word too 
but just like uh, the tension. That's the word I'm yeah, looking for. Yeah, there you go. All right. Um, I prefer that in a lot of different bands. It seems mm. it's like it's mm. held true just like examining other bands throughout uh, history, right? Um, it just seems like their first albums I just like vibe with more. I don't know. And you, so for, uh, is this it for you is over the, a month? They're fire? definitely super mm-hmm. close. Um, is this it? I, we're in agreement. It's a perfect album. There's perfect no album. bad song. Yeah. It like fits together perfectly. Flow first to last. It's great. It's perfect. Yeah. Breath, do you have a preference between is this it and room on fire? Is this it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where okay. you at? Day, man. I'm tied on them for a long time. Oh, it would have been is the set. Yeah. But in the last few years, I've realized like I do Room on Fire. Like I would have given that like a nine five or something. But it's just like it's perfect too. If I can go back though to your other question, the like background on the Strokes, because I think that plays yeah, into my in general kind of how you got into because I don't even remember. Like I don't have with a band like the Strokes any like very obvious distinct memory of getting into them. It was just the kind of thing where like I was I known the name for a while. And I was like I should go back and check these records out, and then it happened at some point, but it wasn't like. You know that clear cut for, for you, me. It was junior of high school, and I can say that it definitely shaped like my love of them. In that, like Matt, I think we're in agreement that like Julian Casablancas is for us like the like perfect front person of a rock band. Oh, he's kind of the, the the epitome cool. of cool. Exactly, and like exactly, <laughs> and I think if I had gotten into them in college, I wouldn't have had that. Like. Like, the fact that I got into them in high school when I'm still so young and, like, impressionable. Like, Julian Casablancas has, for me, my whole life been, like, the only, like, rock star who well, I ever think of as being, like, yeah. oh, you're we, cool. I want to, like, be the, like you. bands that were active while the you, like. swagger that he carried Not even himself. that. Just, like, like what, I just mean, like. like, is, like, like Are you talking about, like, just with any kind of, mu- like, group? or Because I, I was thinking just through a strictly kind of contemporary lens of, like, bands within your lifetime that were kind of performing. But I mean, you, like. Like I guess in like, general, I got like into, a platonic ideal of a rock star is that what we're doing? I mean, one of it is that like he he for sure the Strokes play into the like rock star as a thing for image. Sure. Where like in the okay like I guess prior to that I like see, when I, I got see it, it, like he definitely like Jim Morrison a little bit played that off just like the cool, baritone voice cool, too, but yeah. aloof. Kinda, yeah, yeah, Lou yeah. Reed big time too. Yeah. I think. The Lou Reed yeah. thing is just yeah. so undeniable. I mean, yeah. It's just so, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like it being sixteen and seeing those videos of him in like a club like smoking on stage and drinking mm-hmm. and like that New York City show. I know the two dollar bill one yeah and uh like and just knowing that at the time like he would have been like 20 or something and like just like that the whole world is watching him already after the one ep and he just doesn't seem like any of it affects him like there's like no one watching him he's just so casual it's like i like when i'm 16 i'm just like how the fuck can anyone be that cool how can you pull that off yeah it just doesn't make any sense and like to this day he's still like like the only like rock star who i think of as a rock star where like when i watch him i feel like i'm like a kid again being like excited about rock and roll in that way or something yeah, echoed. Echo. Okay. Yeah, because I, I mean, I feel like you, you. The word we always agreed on with him is that he's just dripping swagger, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's JC, baby. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't I actually never really thought about like my kind of plan, like just who I think of as like, sort of a perfect frontman. I'm sure I had for a while. I mean, I think of like the bands that I really like, like Bradford Cox seems Anthony like the very Kiedis. obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not Antiochus. <laughs> Close, but no. Um, yeah, and so that also brings up another point too. With this, is that like the Strokes are very much a rock band, and like the bands that I'm going to bat for, none of these are really rock bands. I mean, these are all just sort of like artsy, noisy kind of groups, like electronic based. Some, a lot of obvious, like you know, rock instrumentation, but like none of them really scan as rock groups. So like, I'm certainly. Would not argue that like any of these bands are better than the Strokes. I mean, or like better as a rock band. I would mean, you say that the I mean, Strokes are better kind rock of, bands? Would you say that the yeah. Strokes are progenitors of them in a sense? Like the Strokes came a little bit earlier and they built off what the Strokes had accomplished a little bit. No, 
completely different their scenes. Coat could I, no. Rode can their we, coattails a little bit? No, because I mean, you could be arguing that the Strokes rode, rode the coattails of like other bands that were doing stuff sure. there before. So, okay, but, like, so they're what, not even, there's, they're not in completely different worlds. I mean, I don't think that that's even remotely relevant. Can you make your initial argument again? The exa- it's that you think the Strokes are overrated compared to these other bands? I the basic argument is that the Strokes were like, not the most exciting. Or, yeah, the Strokes were just not the most exciting thing happening in New York at the time. That's really what it is. And, a you lot of feel, it, and you feel that that's a slight to the bands that were there and not getting as much attention? Well, I don't even know if a, a slight is necessarily the right word because like it is that kind of thing where it's like, I don't, you know, a lot of these bands that get attention, you know, a lot of them are very, you know, just well-beloved kind of bands and, like, kind of group. I mean, all most of them, not only most, it depends on how we define these scenes, mm-hmm. what kind of parameters we're using. But a lot of the bands that I'm going to bat for transcended this uh, scene, so to speak, and went on to uh, achieve other things and kind of widen their audiences a little bit. But as far as just, what, like, so a So when you say era, transcended, that to me that means popularity-wise, and I don't see that. No, it just changed their sound. Because transcended means rise above. Yeah, the limitation, like, just... The, the limits the, of the sound that they were at one yeah, point. Yeah, the idea of, like, which, what kind of is abstract noisy music. I mean, actually, like, having kind of more fully formed, structured songs that so are more if it's So if it's more abstract, noisy, electronic rock, how is it even connected to the Strokes at all? Just well, because being from that, New York at the same time? That's, well, that, that was the thing. Because if they that, have completely different audiences, then it doesn't. it's not a fair comparison. Well, again, that... Well, Matt, we're already in this right now. I need this comparison to be fair. Well, no, let's it's, try it's, it. It's, let's it's, try it's, it on for size. It's not a comparison. I'm not compa- like, I'm not, like, as far as just like, oh, they're, they are very different, very different sort of acts. My... It really is just about the way that these bands were sort of uh, like you were alluding to earlier, which is like the like they are just kind of like rock is back sort of thing. Like a lot of the narrative around the Strokes and like you know Interpol and yeah, yeah's and LCD Sound System later, the bands that are covered and maybe in the bathroom predominantly are, you know, that these are like the most exciting up and coming sort of interesting rock bands that were bringing rock back in so a lot I of exciting ways since like the post grunge thing of the late nineties. Uh, it would be like proto punk kind of like post-punk a little bit most of those bands i mean all of them are influenced by uh post-punk most of them are drawing on a post-punk as far as those everyone really but lcd sound system but but also i think the big thing is that like the the, with all those bands they hit in middle america where people don't give a shit about any of those terms that like the strokes the strokes just hit on like what it means to be exciting i would say rock and roll the strokes for sure i'm curious about the time when that was like like lacking yeah exactly there's like like where like the bands you're talking about they're gonna come up in conversations with people who are like oh it's it's post-punk mixed with uh, like like when you look at what wikipedia talks about the strokes they connect them to garage rock revival and talk about the white stripes yeah it's that same that's the new rock revolution garage rock revival well, that's all the same so thing, right? It, it, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, the what, white strips are, even f- are featured in Meet Me in the Bathroom. They even are. Though they're so not from New York. What we're speaking to with that is like that is another kind of uh, sort of thing where there were a bunch of bands lumped together in that like it was a gr- more garage rock revival sort of thing, and like that was like the big bands as far as like that discourse was discussed. Were like the white when I and the when I picture the Strokes, I definitely lump them in more with like the garage rock alternative scene than like. Let, like uh, oh, yeah. the bands that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm not putting them in the scene. That's not what this is about. This is just music you're, that was happening in New York. At so that time. geographically, not yeah, as much the literally sound just or the genre. temporally and geographically. Yeah, yeah. It's happening yeah. at the same time in the same place. Right. And Dylan's yes. saying that he thinks this music is more interesting and exciting. And yes, yeah. worthwhile. Yeah. And that, that's the argument. Yeah. yeah. Basically, so well, I'm gonna tell you today. I listened to that fucking Black Dice record, Beaches and Canyons. Oh yeah, my god, I was yeah. bored by track two. Oh yeah, that, that, <laughs> I was falling you asleep. Can't sink into it. Can't latch on. I mean, 
mean, I get it, man. It's just not. It's not for you. You need, you need that sugar, and I get that. I, that's actually exactly. I kept thinking the whole time. I was like, this is just going to turn into like a classic Danny Dillon debate about like I know. pop versus. And that's how so much of this stuff is, and that, that, that's why a lot of this stuff isn't even. You know, we're obviously coming at it from the same point. It's like we know what you know. People are going to latch onto why this stuff is as popular as it is. I mean. I think that it's easy to conflate uh, stuff that is, you know, sort of exciting and commercially viable with stuff that is like interesting and worthwhile and you know whatever. Like, I mean, the Strokes are great in a lot of ways, and I do obviously enjoy those records. But I, you mean, know, they weren't really doing anything that new or that interesting, really. I mean, a lot of these bands too, you for sure kind of had to see them at that point because they again developed so quickly within such a short span of time. Their, you know, their live shows and the records were just, you know, by whatever, 2004, you know, Animal Collective were done kind of making noise music and, you know, gang gang dance by 2005. So it's just like, this stuff was very short-lived. It really is like 2000 to 2004 where this was really like a thriving, like relevant sort of thing in Brooklyn. And uh, what made it so exciting was just like that era of uh, possibility and just what was like, you had no idea where they were going to take this stuff, what they could really be. By the time you heard Room on Fire, it was like, oh, yeah, the Strokes can do one thing, and that's And they're cool, still doing like, it. Yeah, they're never going to probably not See, do something sort of I, like this. <laughs> and, like, right. they, they so tried pause, against it. What do you even pause? He's they tried. They, yeah, they, they, you know, again, they've, they've done other things. And, like, the Voids are a really interesting sort of uh, vessel for Julian Casablanca at this point in time. But, like, you know, none of the stuff comes close to the quality of those records, and it all just feels like a letdown in a lot of ways. And I do think with like a lot of bands that I'll be mentioning, like I disagree about <laughs> Angles. I think Angles was like a very good build upon their first two albums, a very good progression. First impressions of Earth is different too. I think. Yeah, I yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Sure. right. Well, that's yeah. right. That's the argument is that they. I mean, they. It's not after like they, Angles. It's more hit or miss. I don't really like it a ton. They don't. It's not that they don't have the capacity. They just don't have that kind of range. I mean, they really. I mean, they can you know try different things. A lot of it I doesn't think really that's land. An, that's an unfair criticism because I think that they grew, kind of grew apart as a band and became different people. And if mm-hmm. if they had stayed close as as a band, I think that their range definitely could have taken off. And but expanded. they didn't. I mean, I think you can still make the critique though. They just didn't. Right. I yeah. think my uh, the yeah, two I points. Yeah, I guess they did try, and their albums were bad. So yeah, the two points it brings up for me are one. I mean, for the Strokes, I and I, I feel like I've always said this. I don't want them to do a different sound though. Like I'm not mm-hmm. interested. In, I right. and that, like mm-hmm. I don't like first. I mean, I like first impressions of Earth, but like. I would rather have a third in the same, like yeah. complete the trilogy of. Sure. Is this it? Room on Fire. Right. There's um, nothing wrong with bands just releasing two or three records, even one great record. Yeah. It's yeah. not like there's anything yeah. necessarily wrong with that. A lot of like where I was coming from with this, I don't even remember when we started talking about this, but it, it was definitely my sort of knee jerk reaction against Meet Me in the Bathroom. Where I was just like, oh, this is like a really well written, like you know, interesting account of this. But not just the Strokes. I mean, the Strokes. But were, they're like the star of the. Yeah. They are. Too. If there was the title, one, even. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, meet me in the oh, bathroom. The title, the strokes. Yeah, right. it's a stroke song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was like, thinking, yeah, no. They, I mean, for sure. There, but there's a lot of other stuff too that are mentioned. You know, whatever. It's it's a very like long standing kind of anthology sort of thing. But all the same, um, it, a lot of this stuff that obviously I was very excited about when I covered it in there, and like so much of this has to do with just you know, rel- like. Our, you know, sort of our understanding of what rock music constitutes and things of that nature. But a lot of it is just sort of, you know, poptimism, not necessarily poptimism at that time, but looking through the lens of when that was written and where we are now as a culture, the stuff that like seems like it's sort of worth talking about and revisiting. And I think that a lot of stuff that was missing out of that book within this space, you know, 
like you were speaking to Danny, at that point in time, at that place, was more interesting than the Strokes. Who, or what Interpol. other artists were included in the? I'm familiar with it, but I didn't read it. What so, other artists like the, did the they talk about? The big ones that are discussed are like, aside Arctic from the Strokes Monkeys, are, I would guess. Well, no, because it's a New York based majority. I think Arctic Monkeys come up. It's like the Killers in Arctic Monkeys, and, and there, 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 there are other guess. bands that are kind of discussed a little bit, well, but like. Like I mean, the, the book is like a, the framework is like 2001 to 2011 New York, New York rock. Yes. So like the first, I don't know, three fourths really are like the Strokes, Interpol, LCD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Vampire so Weekend come up a little bit at the end. At the very end of it, your, they transition into sort of New Brooklyn, which is Dirty Projectors. Does the root of your argument on the podcast kind of stem from like how the book viewed the time? Is it more of a problem you have with the book, with Lizzie, or with well, like I me- think- or with media's like take on? Yeah, it no, in it's general. it's the book is a microcosm of just right. in general. Is what I, I think that that because again, it's the stuff that I've just sort of noticed in discourse in do you general. Think, but- do you think the book is a f- like good representation of like how much was covered, or do you think that like back in the day in New York in the two thousands, uh, the bands that you think were missed out on were covered by like like you know, music media, music journalism back oh, in the day. No, I mean, they, they were for, they for sure. Well, that, that's the thing. Or not that, as much as they should have been. Not as much as they should have been for sure. I mean, that that is certainly part of it. Like this, I wouldn't know about this stuff if it wasn't covered to some degree, right. but I do think it just is dwarfed in comparison to a lot of other things that I think are just sort of rehashing old, you know, whatever. It's just like it stuff that, I mean, doesn't really do all that much for me in general, but like it's no I slight to any of these bands. I mean, like it, we have to get into like what, what it means to be covered, right? Like what does coverage yeah. mean to you? If it's equal mm-hmm. coverage, but they're just less popular, is that the same thing as not getting equal coverage? Right. Like yes. you have to define. Like were there more articles written about the Strokes? Right. right? Yeah, like you have to so quantify much, well, it. And some again, way. so much of that is just derived from popularity, though. It's like you're gonna get there's gonna be naturally more coverage on things that but are also, more popular. But also, I think like let's like say album sales. What what's your metric here? Well, let's say Black Dice had had ten times the coverage the Strokes had had. I still think the music is just more difficult for like Middle America to get well, into. For sure, and, and that's, that, like, that's absolutely where like last night is like American Girl. Too. Everyone already knows yes. the references, and it's like, oh, this sounds like it's like putting Jet in a commercial, like because it's the same. It just works. People like have the reference point, right? And it's not surprising at all. Like I, I definitely, I don't. The, the shit you're writing for stuff. is like more difficult, avant-garde, yeah, more, experimental. Right. Yeah. It basically just pushes like the no wave of like the '80s forward in a way that I think is really yeah. interesting. And I think, I mean, one of the broad themes I was thinking about in the last week, thinking going into this, is I do feel like it's a little bit of an argument too between. You're writing for stuff that is progressive and like is always so, looking to yeah. like make like you brought it before like change sound transcend what we did in the past. Yeah, and I random I, and random and anou- sorry to interrupt. Go ahead, actually. <laughs> you're, you're on thin ice. Okay, you're on my side, but you're we're on, on thin ice. Oh, we're, so we're, we're, we're both up through the night, baby. Yeah. But um, but I think and like in the past, I've always been that way too. Of like, I think music media and. It pushes that and that's been just like like the modernist trope of like you should always change like that's cool like keep moving your sound or whatever but I do think there's a defense to be made for like like with the war on drugs and the strokes haven't necessarily done this but like someone who just refines their sound over again yeah like that, that, that we shouldn't be like enslaved to always having to like make progress like that like that as an idea is just like made up too that like you always need to be changing that there, there's no like it would be okay if they just released Is This It ten times in a row. I would be stoked. Yeah, exactly. I would be stroked. Stoked for the strokes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I've definitely 
I mean, more consciously try to distance myself from that sort of idea because that is obviously something that's very easy to fetishize and something that you know I've I've certainly uh, you know agreed with to a certain extent throughout the years and a lot of it is more. You know, I think for me, it's just the stuff that I find just more exciting. Like, basically just trying to see what you can kind of get away with. And not, I mean, with a lot of these, all the bands that we're talking about, it's not like any of them necessarily release the same record over and over again. I mean, I think you could make maybe some arguments about Interpol, but like, you know. For the sake of yes. this conversation, it's like, you know, for the most part, these are all artists that have been trying to do different things and not necessarily just completely rest on their laurels, so to speak. But like a lot of it is just like, you know, me being who I am and liking just, you know, production and caring about just what you can kind of get away with the studio and just like, you know, just whatever. Like, and it's not like, I think again, all the records that these bands that I like put out are great. I mean, again, we're talking about like with black dice, I think the first two are great and they released a couple of great EPs, but most of the stuff is pretty good, but it's not like amazing. And I think like gang gang dance and animal collective had very, very interesting trajectories. They both had more like, kind of like a tribal based, like very urban rustic kind of uh, art rock essentially, like for whatever I mean, Dan Dance didn't start putting out records until oh four. They put out two records that year and by oh five they'd already kind of begun to progress in a more art rock, less noisy, abrasive, abstract direction. And with Anko, like by oh four with you know, Song Tongues and Panda's Young Prayer, they were well beyond that already. But it was it's just an exciting kind of thing to see what they were capable of and how much they sort of transcended just what they were doing. Again, I, I brought that up earlier, but the way that those two bands in particular kind of developed, I mean, it's just so fascinating. It's, it really is the stuff that, like, you know, I can't help but still just admire in bands. The people, Again, it's not like it was any slight against people not being able to pull that stuff off, but when a band really can actually be able cool. to do that, it's yeah. just so exciting to just watch trajectories like that. And, it's, like, I can't help but still just admire that. It's also deal. funny, too, when you get to, like, the end of the trajectory and you look back and where, like, those changes from album to album at one point in time felt so monumental. Like, mm-hmm. it, 10 years later, they kind of look more like, like Radiohead. Like, all those albums seem so oh, different. But then yeah. you pull the camera back and you're like, it just sounds like fucking Radiohead. Right. Man, they all, yeah. Or like, they're, yeah, like Kanye, they're, like they're, the Beatles. They're just, all challenging themselves and pushing, but it's not like these aren't like major left turns every right. single time. Right. From album, it like, feels like it in that moment, yes, though, but then like yes. a decade later, you're just like, oh, it's the fucking, it's the fucking Beatles. Well, man. and like as you yeah. experience them, like as they get released, they definitely are, but it's only because and then, you yeah, take you a become step back exactly, and have, yeah. Get the bigger picture. Like, oh, yeah, it's a Kanye album for sure. And then this is part of Kanye's sound it now. Is, yeah, exactly. totally. It's like a chicken egg kind yeah. of thing, but actually. I do think it's interesting, though, with like the War on Drugs. I mean, they're a cool comparison to bring up obviously just put out uh that record great record yeah really really great stuff but like they're i mean they've obviously been refining their sound for years and i mean since i don't know when helplessness blues came out or what is it wagon wheel blues sorry that was yeah wagon wheel blues. blues yeah and like 08 or 09 whatever but like you know they've been refining a very specific sort of sound but i i mean none of those records feel like re- necessarily repeats i mean they are just working along a trajectory that is just Again, it's so singular, so, you know, obviously referential, but still so singular and under themselves that it's so easy to I admire. Thought, Even if you don't like the music, it's like there, there's nobody that's really doing what they do as well. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. It but. might be because I got into them at the same time, but I always thought Deeper Understanding and Lost in the Dream do sound kind of, like, don't they both open with the same, like, it's like a drum machine hi-hat with the land, it's just like... Oh, Like, it felt like that was like a trope or something. I could see that. I was going to say, I definitely... I'm trying to think. They might, yeah. The intro, the first song of both of those could be yeah. Under the pressure. 
Irish. That's so good, man. <laughs> I want to see I'm them live. It. I've been watching them on YouTube, like the live stuff, and they just seem like they're so much better live too. The way that they build the songs out and stuff, like yeah. I mean, that's that's for sure, Muffs. I'm yeah. pretty sure my mom wants to go see them again. What? So like, Your mom's a fan? Oh, we. My, I, think I mean, we, that makes perfect sense. My whole my whole family, me. aside from Grant, went to see them when they played last for our anniversary. Yeah, I need to get great. my dad into the Warren Drugs because so he would love them. There's like it, like Dire Straits, oh, Springsteen. Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be our like our parents just hanging out. It's just like all right, yeah, like fucking yeah at the Warren Drug Show. I mean, wow. Okay, that's it's good shit. But yeah. yeah, so yeah, that that I mean, again, so with a lot of this, it does just kind of speak to what we like and like you know. Obviously, I know that you like Animal Collective, but it's not obviously the, a lot of the stuff what I'm talking about. It's really song songs forward. I mean, you've heard Spirit, but it's really I've heard not Spirit. Like, yeah, but I yeah. yeah. I'll, I'm a song song Strawberry Jam Merryweather man. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta get you on that feels train. Gotta give me that. You guys have tried it before. And, then, and I did like it. I was just like, that I didn't it was keep the up on it. worst atmosphere for getting you into it. We were like in Nick's basement. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. But yeah. So, I remember I mean, thinking that a song sounded like a Jeep ad. That's the only <laughs> statement I remember saying. It was like a like the hit on the album or something. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that was all I remember. Yeah, but like, oh, I was also going to ask too, Matt. I mean, so. You mentioned that yeah. Angles was really the last one that you liked. Did you not like the new what Abnormal? What was the last one? Oh, Angles? Angles? Yeah, you said that, that was the last one you liked. Because like, the like, new Abnormal has been like a, a return that is, hit. Like, that's a lot of. of the narrative around that. It's just like this is like the the record that people are like openly willing to admit they really just lo- like the best thing the Strokes have done since Ramon Fire is just like that. Yeah, because I mean, it was... Uh, really, yeah, really I really haven't given it a chance. I haven't honestly. either, really. I know yeah. like the adults are talking, I've listened to and I've watched a video and it was decent, but it was still, I was just like not... I don't get the... See, I, for me, like, you talk about, like, if they release, like, 10, is this it, 10 in a row. Yeah. I don't need that. I'm good with just listening to, is this it again? Yeah, and like, it, maybe it would feel like diminishing returns, right. actually, by, like, the fifth sure. one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, if they could pull it off, and it was, like... Like, if they went, just, is this it, to Room on Fire, to something better than Angles, to something better than that. Like, if they could pull off the progression, I don't... What like where do you think they would even go with I it? I don't know because and it, for it to be good, yeah. Because compared like, to this... like where they went, because they went kind of like electronic. They should release a straight up like glam rock record. Take a page out of Eve Tamara's New York playbook. Do- New York like, Dolls really type just shit. do a glammy, just new wavy. Like that would be a cool direction. I like that one Julian solo album too. Phrases of the Young. That, I, the did, I did. I did enjoy stuff. that. That's I cool. I that. don't believe I've heard that. And I, I it's have cool. Been, I have been meaning to get more into Void stuff because I have. I've heard. I actually the other. I don't think any of their records, but the songs that I've heard just. Kind of isolated wherever, but I'm pretty solid. I definitely was enjoying that stuff. I've never listened to the voids the other day on YouTube. I typed in Julian Casablancas interview, and I just wanted to rewatch ones I've seen a million times. Mm-hmm. And I remember like a voids one came up, and I like not even consciously, like subconsciously scrolled past it because I was like, I don't want to see dad with his other family. I just want to <laughs> see it again. <laughs> like, you're only in the fucking strokes, all right? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, one thing earlier you said made me think of something, and now I'm losing it. Uh, Darn! I would love for you to come back. Oh, that. Uh, um, oh! I just had it again. I had to do with the new oh. album. Uh, the direction for the Strokes record, Eve Tumare, Glam Rock, New Wave, all that fun stuff. Diminishing returns on the ten records. Because I mean, that—that's you know. I oh, gotta... I do remember it. Oh shoot! Is it cool? Yeah, yeah. Please get in there. I met. Do you remember when Under the Cover of Darkness came out? The first single on Angles. Barely, 2011. Yeah. I mean, I remember I had only gotten into the Strokes like the year before, so it's not like I'd been like some long-standing Strokes right. fan who was like, "Oh, the Strokes are back." But I do remember like hearing that song and being like, "Like one, it references their music before, like it talks about like everyone singing the same song for ten years." And anyways, but the song felt like such a perfect like 
parody of old strokes. Like I just like when we're talking about the new album being so exciting for I people. I don't know if I use the word parody. It just like where first impressions of Earth they had like made a slight left turn and tried to like expand their yeah. scope and like what their sound is. No, I know that what one you felt mean. like a straight up just like do no. Especially after angles, but probably for like a little bit of angles. I think that they're like giant shot of fame and success kind of got to their heads a little bit, you know, and they started like second guessing like their projection as a band. And I, you can kind of tell that that screwed with them a little bit. They also like, you, yeah, I feel like they were not like, they, you know, they became far apart. Yeah. That was issues with drugs and substances and whatnot. Like, Like yeah, I remember definitely throw a wrench in a band. Remember reading oh, yeah. like there was like, they were not tight. Like there was something where like Julian wasn't even in the studio with them when they'd be cutting for, instrumental was that tracks. For angles, I think so. There was like where, big yeah, beef. Yeah, they were where, like, like emailing them back and forth. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they seem like they're like kind of friends again. I think based on what I've been seeing, but yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, same thing kind of happened with the Chili Peppers and Frusciante. You know, cool. people yeah. just grow apart, and yeah. then they realize eh, it wasn't that bad. Let's come back together, and also the money's good. Yeah. Right? So. I sincerely hope that there is, you know, and not like not just being the money, but you really never know with these things. I mean, yeah. honestly, unless it's like super overt, it's just Dude, that was gonna... like when At the Drive-In came back like a few years ago to do like like uh, Austin City Limits and some other stuff, like. You knew it was for the money, but I was also like, I think pumped. that's how I think that's how pavement is too. I'm yeah. pretty sure like oh, Steve yeah. and Spiral yeah. Stairs do yeah. not get along, yeah. and they're just like, dude, I blew my like 20s and 30s in this band. I don't have like a career path I can go back to. <laughs> Help like, me out, man. Like, we got a tour again. Yeah, like I mean, I don't want to put. No, right, I have no, no idea. Yeah. You might have a total could goal. be, but I get where you'd have to yeah. go back. Yeah. So, yeah, are there any uh, last thoughts about The Strokes or anything else that was going on in the I, mean, I you fucking have... love The Strokes. <laughs> so, I, we brought up, and you, you haven't listened to Black Dice or Gangy Dance or any of those. You haven't even heard of them, have you? Not really. Uh, you don't like uh, noise music or anything like that? I do. You do? I do. <laughs> huh. You might, you might enjoy some of that stuff. Yeah, no, I think I was. such a Larry David. I do think <laughs> I was. <laughs> you say you like noise music, but you've never heard of Black Dice. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, cool. Yeah, I uh, Beaches and Canes, man, great record. Danny's not into it, but that record is fucking sick. No, it was it was cool. It was just like I mean, the Strokes are fucking like crack cocaine. Like you know right. what I mean? Like it's yeah. so instant and like yeah, yeah. Need that dope, man, baby. I get it. Yeah. Before we do transition, yeah, to that, please, can we spend like one to two minutes quickly just like unpacking what it is that makes the Strokes so cool? Because I've been trying to like figure out a formula in my head, and I think I've got it kind of down, but I, w- I was looking for some input. Yeah, please. Because, I mean, I don't think this drugs are very have? cool. So. Shut the fuck up. What do you ha- Yeah, you can leave. You can leave. We're good. <laughs> we'll close it out without you. <laughs> kind of corny. I'll read I'm off gonna, your five albums. I'll take over as the new second hose. <laughs> there we go. That's I cool. think I, th- <laughs> I think the thing that makes them cool is they're playing, like, very Motown-indebted pop songs. So, like, everyone's familiar with the structure and the chord progressions and the melodies and the rhythms. Like... Last night's like just literally like a supreme song. Yeah, you can argue it. They're all just lifted from Motown. And they put it through like a post-punk filter, which is Mm -hmm. like a very cool from a critical angle like approach to music. Mm -hmm. Then I think it's the fact that they play into like rocky uniforms where they're like a gang of like a gang of young guys who wear like cool jackets sort of like the Strokes or like the Rolling Stones. Blazers with the skinny ties. Yeah, like the Ramones. Yeah, it plays into like that. Like they they brought fashion back to rock where like in the 90s like Nirvana had killed off. I don't think you can say they brought fashion back to rock. I I think think musicians in general have always had their get ups and stuff. Yes, and like even the anti-fashion of Nirvana is still like a fashion statement. That's only with your real argument that 
I would make as far as like the idea of like traditional sort of rocksmen, like a uh, you know aesthetic and appearance. As far as like you know, just being all kind of on the same page. But there was a, yeah, know, they like, brought like, that like a freshness of that. So back they, of like, they definitely had an aesthetic. Exactly, but that's converse. Different, that's different from being cool, right? Yeah. When you talk about but these what are it all means the components cool, I'm, I'm putting together. For me, it has less to do with like the sound and the music, even though like a little bit, right? <laughs> and more to do with just like when you look at them, when you look at how Julian Casablanca is more than the other members, to be honest. Because he's the front man and he's one of the best front men. The <laughs> one of the, the best. Right, no, best right, no exactly. <laughs> and uh, just like how he carried himself to me has more of an impact on coolness than anything yeah. else. Yeah. Well, because I mean, like, yeah, like the other things I was going to add in were like, especially as like a high school student, like, the, like smoking cigarettes, his drinking, mannerisms, his dress, playing into the like way the rock he and roll. Talked. Yeah. And then I also think like Nardwar makes a big point of this in his interview with them early on. He's gonna say all their names and they like cut him off. And he's like, No, I want to say your names. You all have such fabulous names hmm. Julian Casablancas, Albert Hammond Jr., like Nick Valencia, Fabrizio Moretti. They're they all like, definitely these, like had some beautiful Italian names, names oh, yeah, and like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, okay, so then the last bits I think would just be like being from New York is just like always like an extra cool point bonus point, yeah. And then. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the whole Strokes formula. Like, you don't brush your hair. You wear cool jackets. You write Motown songs through a post-punk filter. <laughs> and you base yourself out of New York. And I think I you've got a good say, band. The only uncool thing about the bands that I'm talking about is that they were based in New York after this was all played out. Much like the Strokes and Interpol and all that stuff. Like, you know, yep. you know whatever. Like, this shit, it was fun while it lasted, but it, it really was a 20th century thing. I mean, we're, we're out of here now. It had Gentrification. Its time and place. That's exactly And right. also, I think the Strokes were almost like a boy band in a way. Oh, like, they're, for like, sure. like, absolutely. Like, the, Nardwar jokes about this too. He's like, you also have great cheekbones. Like, they're all like kind of <laughs> good looking guys. And like, not that like these other, I don't want to speak to. They don't present as far as like the vocal. Like, Animal itself, Collective like, doesn't show their face even really, right? Like it's not even like, they're like art posters of Animal Collective the same way they're of the strokes where it's like well, the five of us with a photo of us. It's an interesting like, thing because like, I do think like the press has, again, gradually, there are a lot of photos of them together. I mean, there really is like quite a bit of that, but like early on. But they on, were more art forward. Yeah, early on. Album I mean, covers don't, I guess the no, strokes don't either. No, well, I was but, just going to say no, a lot of like, their, their performances and stuff, I mean, they were just like shrouded by, like behind obviously their gear and like they were wearing ma- masks. They were masks. Yep. They were the out of the early yeah. shows. I mean, they had fake is, names. I mean, even yeah. like they like obscured who they right. were. So I mean, that stuff is very fair to say. A lot of the, like you could argue that a lot of stuff that I'm going to bat for is sort of like you know intentionally you know compromising any kind of like commercial aspiration or possibility by virtue of a lot of way they present. But right. like even just the, the way they sound too, probably. Well, that's yeah. that that's like the, the most obvious thing. Right. But like, there's so much more to it than just yeah. that. And like, that's I guess the obvious draw or yeah. like whatever. If I can go back to my Middle America argument of like this yeah. is like an election that we have to win. You can see where the strokes become like an easy pivot point if you're like a girl or guy who was like into boy bands as like a seven year old or something. And Mm. then now I'm like 10 and like room on fires out and like I want to take my music taste a little more seriously, but I'm still like. Oh, yeah. They're a perfect gateway band. Yeah, it's like. For sure. And they're. Would you say that that has more to do with like. Julian Casablancas's frontman appeal. That and, I no, think, elementary composition and you well, know, you know, yeah, like elementary. It's so good. it's so yeah. good. Every song is a perfect masterclass <laughs> yeah. in pop song. Right? But it's yeah. just like, it's just it's more palatable in general. I mean, it's it's again. I think these records are great. This is really I say elementary, but it, it is very strong song. Like, Let me at least ask you this. Everything. I mean, it all comes together beautifully. It, it is totally. I mean, there's a lot that I do enjoy about it. I mean, 
whatever. But I was just gonna like. I think in general, it's more palatable than a lot of stuff that like uh, might be you know and like, evident. Like certainly Nirvana or somebody. It's like an know. analogous argument. Analogous, not analogous. Mm-hmm. It's analogous. Sorry. No, you're good, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, argument that popped into my head a few minutes ago would be like Captain Beefheart, Frank Zappa versus like the Beatles. And I know that's not exactly, but like, you know, just yeah. the avant-garde. Yeah, like, I think that's kind of that fair. And the Beatles are like a boy know, band. They're not still. taken as serious. Like they've got their niche audiences, but like, and I get the Beatles are a bad example just because no, they're I think they work really well. Not, well, good, but bad just because they're so, they're bigger than the strokes. Obviously, yeah. Right. But, uh, just as far as like, not being taken as seriously by mainstream because of their avant-gardeness type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. valid. It's similar. Yeah, it definitely right? similar, for sure. Tell me this, at least, to wrap this up fully, do you at least put Is This It above Turn on the Bright Lights? Oh, yeah. Okay, thank God. For you sure. put Room on Fire, you prefer Room on Fire, so I can safely say you put Room on Fire above yes, Turn on the Bright Lights? for sure. And again, I, again like... <laughs> and all that yeah, yeah, yeah stuff, too, or no? I really like... Is it Fever to Tell? No, that's the first one. I'm sorry. What? Um, I guess you don't like it that much. Oh yeah, I was like, clearly, I'm not a a yeah yeah stand by any means. I think they're a very good band. Uh, I I don't don't like them as much as the Strokes. I don't. I don't like the Mm. yeah yeah yeahs or Interpol really. Interpol, I've faded away on. Like for a while, I was into Turn on the Bright Lights, but I think it was honestly just because I wanted like a third Strokes album. What are like? (laughs) So like I was like into it. What are like the two biggest like yeah 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 songs? Maps, which is incredible, and I'll Ma- cry Maps every time. Maps is like the big that's one. one I remember sure. that Wait, one. Wait, yeah. Like yeah, and I mean that's yeah. I, I like those records, but like yeah, it's Blitz. That's the third Yeah Yeah's record. I think that's a great. And then record, I connect but... Yeah Yeah Yeah's to Silver Sun pickups a little. I bit connect them to Hot reason. Hot Heat. Hmm. That is weird. Hot Hot Heat makes sense because of the repeat, and I think yeah. it's also. Hot, hot, hot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I get. It. I mean, totally, but uh. Yeah, I'll see these sound system. I mean, you know, they're they've got. I think all the records are pretty good. I definitely you know fuck with them. But like again, it's I like them a lot. I like I like LCD sound system a lot. Yeah, me too. Big time. This is happening. Sound of Silver, especially those two. Yeah, for sure. Great records, but just not the most exciting stuff that was happening then. But that's okay. I guess we'll forever disagree. Yeah, we will forever. But we can argue that Brooklyn was hot as fuck in the latter half of the decade. Yes. And I mean, again, you and we're in full agreement. I think on all those acts. Yeah, and you know, obviously, like you know, the latter half. I mean. Panda moved to Lisbon in 2004. Like, uh, by the time that, like, they kind of transitioned out of making noise music, you know, most of the group wasn't really in New York anymore. They'd all kind of just split up, like, just gone all over the place. So, like... Geologist was living in a cave. (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) Camera Deacon was at seas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they, uh... You know, just whatever. Like, that wasn't quite as, like, unified and, like, easy to glob on as any kind of, like, scene as far as they were concerned. I mean, they were still, you know, considered, like, a Brooklyn band, even though they weren't. But, like... As far as like true Brooklynites, I mean, it really like the last half of the decade really went to some interesting places. With I mean, the big ones are Grizzly Bear, Dirty Projectors, Vampire Weekend, and yeah, there's another one that I'm blanking. Uh, on, TV on the radio. Yes, TV on the radio. That was such yeah. a scene. I yeah. mean, that was when yeah. I was like getting into music too, and I just remember being like, man, like there are still scenes. Like this shit's yeah. still alive. Brooklyn it's is like, so hot right now. Yeah, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's what I said. Those are fourteen year old days. <laughs> Brooklyn's hot as fuck, and now it's mom. All... I think I'm gonna move to Brooklyn. It's so hot right now. Like. Uh, <laughs> You know, we were talking about, uh, I mean, many times throughout this, War on Drugs are not the only one, but it's been all about Philly for almost a decade yeah. now. Yeah, Alex that's, G, Waxahachie. Yes, that's where it's happening, baby. Spirit of Beehive. Mm, you, ever, you know Mumbler? No, I don't oh, know Mumbler. You should look up Mumbler. I will. There's, you, there's a good amount of, like, not overlap between you two that I feel like you would both jive on. 
where like just bands you both brought up together where I feel like one didn't know it and you guys would each like I it. I mean, the, the yeah. emo discourse has been good so far. But yeah. And I definitely are on the same page with a lot of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. But uh, so let's Ready get into, take some, it into it. You got, yeah. you got some recs? Oh, yeah. The man, there have some been so many records. Again, still a pretty slow year overall. Not a lot of stuff that I've really loved, but like there's always good stuff coming out and like there's going to be stuff that I want to talk about that I haven't. But uh, number five on here is uh, LP, the album by JPEG Mafia, mm. just called LP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Rec- I mean, not I don't know if it's a great record, but it is very good. I mean, I you know haven't been that enthralled with anything he's put out since Veteran. I mean, he's had a, a, the EPs have been decent. Whatever, Cornballs was fine, but like this one, I've definitely connected with a lot more. I think it's a better kind of uh, you know uh, make, just mix of both of what those records were doing, and it feels kind of along the same progression as Cornball. He's still incorporating a lot more melody and sort of really boy band influences a lot of what that stuff is, but like this one's a little bit more noisy and outre and just, you know, it's not something that, I think it leans into what he's better at doing in a way that, again, still is more tried. I don't know. It's it's a good mix of those kind of records, and I do think, like, if you've heard, like, Veteran's really the one to hear, but, like, LP really makes good on a lot of what he can do well. Um, You're a JPEG guy, aren't you? Matt. Uh, I wouldn't consider myself a JPEG guy. Uh, for whatever reason, I thought you were in <laughs> But no, I like it. I like oh, okay. it. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's right good. On. It's good. Have Matt you... identifies as a JPEG non-binary. Yo, <laughs> that, thank you for clarifying for me. Um, you have listened to Veteran, haven't you, Danny? I no, don't know. Man. No, uh, I'm uh, fully out of the mix. They, I, hold on. Go ahead. They peg. Hey. <laughs> thank you. Sorry. That was good, actually. <laughs> You haven't listened to any of it? I, I feel like I know the sound because I remember Evan's really big on JPEG. And oh, I remember yeah. Evan playing a bunch for me and being like, oh, this shit is sweet. But I've just never like done the work. Okay. If you're curious, labor. I mean, I think Veteran still really is the one to hear. But this is a very solid record. A nice return to form. And he's fun live. I saw him uh, open for Danny Brown at Bruce Brigade Thanksgiving. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, next is uh, Talk Memory by Bad Bad Not Good. Mm. And I've been a fan of them I, for... I like that. That's good. I've been a fan of Bad Bad Not Good since Matt probably approved. the second record. I saw them live somewhere. I can't remember where. I'm hoping to get some of the film more. That's tight. They're going to be yeah. here next year, yeah. I think in February. But yeah, they. I've been you know, a fan of them since the second record. Three-piece? Uh, there are... A th- technically a three-piece now yeah they were they've had three members uh, they added a fourth member in the last record and one of the other ones left so i think they are a three-piece currently keys bass drums right yeah basically okay. yeah, yeah yeah um and it's like i don't know one of them plays sax as well i mean they're like it's multi-instrumentalist but it's essentially a rhythm section of the lead no vocals yeah um, really really good stuff definitely the early records were sort of more of a you know, jazz influenced instrumental hip hop sort of thing. Again, Dilla, I, again, I like I yeah. like their yeah. early records more. Again. Lewis loved those those bad BBNG one oh, and yeah. BBNG two. They're great. I mean, I yeah. I think those records are like really really impressive. I mean, they're all covers, but they're just so well done. I mean, it really is very exciting to just hear stuff that's recreated in a way that is just so distant. Like they cover like Kanye, My Bloody Valentine, Gangstar. I mean, Joy they do Division. A, what's the MBV cover? Um. Oh man, I should know this. Uh, oh my god, is that flawless? This is really gonna bother me. Here, I I'll think it you, might be an EP you, one. You, you keep but, talking. Yes, I'll, I'll do this work. Here. <laughs> That's so bad. Yeah, but the, I mean, they're very exciting records. They put out two other ones since that that I think are good, but not quite as exciting. This one really is like their most. You jet. made me realize. You made me realize. Thank you. I was gonna say I thought it was an EP one. That's okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah great stuff. Um, this is for sure the most uh, jazz sounding record they ever put out. I mean, the stuff like. Definitely feels very like Coltrane and some moments and some like my just like very classically indebted jazz stuff in a way that like 
they really haven't kind of veered towards yet. And I think that like the compositions are very tight. Terrace Martin is on here. A few of these, they've got a couple other people kind of hopping in and doing stuff. I think the whole thing's produced by floating point. Uh, Sam Shepard. Oh, floating sweet. Point. So like, it sounds great. I mean, it's a really incredibly I'm well produced record, like really good stuff. I mean, I don't know. Good to not... like, good to do homework too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it, yeah, like it, it's not quite, I don't know. I, I don't want to say it's not as dynamic. It feels like it's very more cohesive than a lot of the other records. And it like kind of flows together just really, really nicely. And like, yeah, the kind of thing where I, th- I would imagine if you're super into the earlier ones, you probably won't be as enamored. But like, if you're sort of a jazz guy and you've never heard them before, this old or whatever, you know, there's a lot there, but like, this is a really cool direction for them. And it's cool to see them make a record that sounds like this when it, you know, it seems like something that they kind of teased from the beginning, but never mm-hmm. really committed to. So mm-hmm. really good stuff. Um, Three is Shade by Grouper. And I know you've heard the name. Are you, yeah. Have you listened to any Grouper? I don't any? even know what Grouper sound is. Okay. I was like, I know that is you a name know I've that seen name. for years, sure. but I have no of idea. Of course. Yeah, yeah. What is, what, can, I, can I guess? Please. I'd love to I, have you guess. Dude, I have no idea. Uh, like post rock? Huh, it's not not too far. <laughs> I like that's that's, good. Huh, that's, good, that's a good guess. I was like, I have no you? idea what is it because yeah. So it's it's a solo project of Liz Harris. It's basically sort of like a really dreamy kind of abstract ambient kind of folk sound. Um, the early records are it's all pretty stripped down. There's a lot more like like noise and distortion and tape hiss on some of our early records. They're a little bit more lo-fi and grainy, and the latter ones are much clearer and stripped down there's a lot more room tone and just you know sort of just ambient noise that isn't um quite as uh, abrasive so to speak but it's all pretty subdued quieter stuff in general and uh the new one kind of balances both those worlds some of the tracks were recorded earlier in their career some of the stuff is newer but like i think it really balances both sides of you know sort of the spectrum of her sound really nicely um it's another aside from like maybe the opening track another pretty good one to do homework for like, toward with yes like, that's on, this is I what mean, i need right here honestly like if there are records that fit that bill i'll throw them your way but like yeah the, all this stuff is just really relaxing easy to get and get lost in and i mean i think all of her records are good to great and this is just you know no exception here i mean it's you know not quite as interesting as some of the other ones but like in my mind she can really do no wrong i just she you've have you listened to any like julia bardwick at all danny Saw her Julianne live, Bartwork. but I've oh, never, yeah? Okay. yeah, but I've never actually like, listened to her. So, it kind of operates in a similar sort of lane, uh, as group. I mean, what it's uh, some through lines there, but it's, yeah. it's like a lot of this stuff is just it's so easy to kind of just get immersed in, regardless of if you know kind of what she's singing about or what else is really going on. Just you know, really well made records in that kind of vein. So, mm-hmm. highly recommend a lot of the stuff, but yeah, Shade is a, another great addition. Uh, the next record is Illusory Walls by The World's Beautiful Place. And you haven't listened to any of the records, have you? No. I, Man, don't, you... I don't like them. Yeah, oh, I was really? curious. I feel yeah. like they'd be divisive for you. It's I was curious, too. Well, pop punk tangent. Are they... So, wait, wait, wait. The world is a beautiful place. Are I'm they, like, kind of twinkly? Mm, a little, little bit. Well, yeah. do you know them or do you not know yeah, them, Matt? Because no, no, no. how do you fucking... I, no, I don't. That's what... Yeah, I don't love them. You just knew that you, like... I remember hearing them and I knew I didn't like, like I remember them. remember they were kind of twinkly and I didn't... I wasn't here for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. They... This is Are they... Are they... What's are they from Michigan? No, they're from Connecticut. I'm thinking of Empire Empire, maybe. Maybe I don't. I I've heard the name Empire Empire. I don't know anything Empire, about Empire Empire. I was a lonely estate is like yeah. the full band. Mm-hmm. They're like twinkly from Michigan. I don't love them either. Yeah, I'm 
Yeah, what I <laughs> I get them and uh, okay. who you were talking about. The world is a beautiful yeah, place. I get, them, I get them confused a lot. The I names think, are so similar. Well, they just got the long drawn out. <laughs> the long drawn out names, they're always brief. It's like a Fall Out Boy title. And they're both I, twinkly emo type. Yeah, I wouldn't say that uh, the World Beautiful Place definitely have some twinkly guitar here and there. It's not like, I wouldn't say it's is just it more Is it more progressive? Yeah. It's That's basically, what I thought. That's what I thought. It is I, like, think, I think I like them more than Empire Empire, but I do get them confused a lot. Which you heard it here, sense. guys. Matt thinks he likes The World is a Place that I'm No Longer Afraid to Die it's more than Empire Empire, but he's not quite sure. So just whatever you want to do with that info. No, I mean, I've kind of left my, like, twinkly emo phase in, back in, like, 2015 or 16. Sure. So, I'm, I, you know, I'm not as familiar with it as I once was. Sorry. There's dude. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> twinkly emos, you know, it's great stuff, but, you know, it's not for everyone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this band, actually, I think about them, too, because I've been just still ripping through Time Crisis and uh, Dave Longstreet just talking about no bands being from Connecticut. I'm like, the world oh, is. Oh, hate them. The world is. is. Andy forgets his brother. Some... Yeah, come on, Dave. John Mayer. <sighs> yeah, dude. Goose. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this band, I mean, they're really, like, it is just more indie rock sounding, really, than emo. It's like indie rock, post-rock. They remind me, honestly, much more of like Arcade Fire and Broken Social Scene and a lot of those like arty collectives in the aughts than they do a lot of other emo bands. I mean, I think that's like their sort of closest analog, but this record is much more metal and prog leaning. These are more just dense kind of, you know, arrangements that are heavier and more, you know, kind of unwieldy and the songs go in just kind of stranger directions than a lot of the earlier stuff. It's not quite as warm, but um, really, I mean, the songwriting is always great. It's always very pointed and some of the most i think compelling like political music that is being made these days i mean it's a lot of stuff that like it feels so like just on just really tasteful and hitting the zeitgeist but like not heavy-handed in any way like the way a lot of that stuff i think kind of rings but uh yeah i mean i i really love this band i love the melodies i love just like the anthemic grandiosity of it i think that there are very few bands that can are quite as cathartic sounding as uh this group and they just you know I really like this train of direction for them, but what were you going to say, Matt? I was just going to say, I looked up con- Connecticut bands in like MGMT, mm, Youth ooh, of okay. Today, you got John Mayer, someone said. I think MGMT was mentioned, and I forgot about that. But. And TC is still on the CT train, too, because like the last episode of Time Crisis, they were talking about like another, someone referenced a Connecticut Moby. band. Moby. I was like, whoa, we're still doing <laughs> I didn't know Moby. Moby. I thought he was from That Brooklyn. was who they mentioned. Moby was in a band before. I swear, mm, I a, a hardcore idea. band. That's what they were talking about. They were talking about Connecticut hardcore. Because if you yes. read about this book, Kalefa, there's this author who wrote this book on genres. No, I don't think I have. It sounded really good. I don't want to take us off track, but yeah. Okay, right on. Um, yeah, but so I mean, I think like Harmlessness is really still their kind of masterpiece. But like they haven't released a record in four years, and I was you know kind of worried about how this was going to turn out. I kind of assumed they were done. I mean, like a lot of emo groups, they burn bright and kind of fade out very quickly, or whatever. But uh, this. Um, you know, it's good to have them back, and I do think that like they are one of the most exciting bands working in the emo indie rock or otherwise mm-hmm. right now. So yeah, great stuff. Uh, number one is "Hey What" by Low, a record that I was I'm sorry I was not ready for the drums. <laughs> it's like I'm going right into it. This is a record that I was kind of hesitant about bringing up because it came out like over a month ago, but it's, rave reviews. It's a, it's an amazing record. I mean, I I really love this record. This actually we were talking about it a little bit on the way to Pitchfork. So, mm-hmm. uh, getting close to two months here, but yeah, yep. this is, uh, they're a band from Duluth, Minnesota, I believe. They've been around since like the early mid to mid nineties. They were one of the original bands to get like pegged with the, uh, slow core tag, 
which they do not care for, but I think is a pretty apt descriptor for what they do, amongst other things. It's like dream pop, and, you know, it's still like indie rock, but it's like very, the approach they have, I mean, it's so drawn out and subdued. I mean, it, it really, like, they have a very specific kind of vein that they work in, and not unlike the War on Drugs, have been kind of gradually refining that for decades, and I think most of the records are pretty good, but in 2018 with Double Negative, they really pulled a pretty major left turn. They got B.J. Burton to produce, who's done the last two Bon Iver records, among some other things that I'm blanking on right now, but really brought an interesting kind of noisy, abrasive edge to their music. It's he worked of, on Yeezus, too. Oh, okay, right on. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so it's it's got like a really you know abrasive kind of edge to it. There's a lot of just intense, distorted passages. Um, with something like, hey, what? I think that the with the way that it's mixed, it's not quite as in-your-face. I mean, it's a loud record, but it's not like... Everything is mixed in a way that it doesn't really kind of detract as much. I think that, like, a lot of the vocal... I mean, there's still, like, really beautiful melodic passages. I mean, I would not call this noise music. It's really, like, already kind of indie rock, rock, rock really more than anything else. But, like, the sort of like uh, perpetual sort of presence of Burton adds a really nice edge to it because it's just things kind of gonna fall apart and wash and transition in interesting ways all the time. I and mean, it's it's just the kind of thing where you really don't know where it's going to go, but it just sounds so just gorgeous and inviting and interesting and all the same time. But I mean, you know, they're a great band, but like Double Negative from 2018 and Hey What from this year really have taken their sound in an amazing direction that doesn't sound like a whole lot of else, you know, happening right now. I've been meaning to get into them because they've had such a long career. And I remember like one of my professors in school would play them like when we would have drawing class. Mm, and I okay. remember they did like a Neil Young cover and yep. it was like this really hazy version of like Down by the River. And I was like, oh, this is sweet. I was going to say, I know that they're a band that you have heard of for sure. Yeah, they're, I mean, but, yeah. I, yeah, I'm I'm excited to. Would you say these are good for starters then too? Even yeah, I, I definitely think so because I mean again, it's like if you really want the full like kind of overview, whatever. Like these are obviously like you know kind of misleading in a way, but like as far as just yeah, I mean there's two, only two that really kind of sound like this, and if you just want to kind of jump in now, I mean yeah, just listen to. I always say double negative first, and then hey what because they kind of work together. Yeah, it's like two sides of the same coin. But okay, yeah. Have you ever heard of them, Matt? Band Low? Low? No, I have not. Okay, I think that I mean. You know, I can't imagine that there's a lot of the earlier ones that you would really fall for, but you might like double negative and hey, what? I think that those are worth checking out. I mean, certainly of the records that I've mentioned tonight, those are my favorites, but yeah, really, really interesting stuff. I mean, some of the most, I think BJ Burton really is one of the great producers working today. I mean, I just, I love what he brings to the table. And ironically, great band to get high to. Yeah, as it, from <laughs> reading about one of their Sorry. side projects, I forget which one it was, but they compared it to Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, who I know of and I'm a fan Never listened of. to another like one where I've seen the name for like a decade so now. So if it's similar to that, I'd probably dig it, yeah. Okay. Right on. Fuck yeah. I think that's all we got for you. Well, is that all we got for you guys? So, just to wrap up, Matt and I won... Dylan. Yeah, it was such a heated debate here. Yeah, the fact that I mean, yeah, at least you did your due diligence and went to. See I did Black my due Dice. diligence and I listened to the Black Dice record. I've yeah. still not listened to Gang Gang Dance, and I will. Yeah, sadly, a lot of the noisier stuff aren't really as uh, um, accessible. None of the stuff is on Spotify. A God's Money Up is on Spotify, and that like the the really abrasive noisier stuff is really not super uh, accessible, but. If you want a taste of kind of how they progressed, Eye Contact, I think, is still their masterwork. The one that I mentioned to you was the, the Smorgasbord record from a while back that was sort of like their Meriwether. I mean, that that was that record, Eye Contact. Okay. Their fifth album, that's like the really, again, it's not, it wasn't a massively successful record, but like that was their big like kind of pop crossover sort of thing, and it's an amazing record, but... Yeah, that's the one I would recommend hearing. Eye contact. Eye contact. Yeah, great stuff. I'm, well, I'm going to be making ear contact with it later this week. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Ecstasy out. Ecstasy out.
Ecstasy. <laughs>